Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better. On this episode, in the red corner... Some guys just can't handle Vegas. And how, from 2009, it's The Hangover. We're getting married in five hours. Yeah, that's not going to happen. What is going on? While in the blue corner, chick flicks don't have to suck. I'm repeating adverbatum the tagline to 2011's Bridesmaids. You have to meet Helen. You're so pretty. <laughs> so cute. Did you come from work? So what connects these two movies and which one does it better? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. Clash Potters, welcome to a very special episode, the first episode ever on air, that because we're talking about The Hangover, I decided to bring beer with us, because it's the kind of movie that requires beer. Shall we open them on air? Right, wait. Ready? This, this sets a dangerous precedent. Okay, wait, on three. One, two, three. Oh, Ooh, lovely. Oh, do, we, do we drink them as well? well what else are you going to do? All in one? <laughs> I mean, it's essentially dead air, but come on, spice yep. things up. Three, it's just two. about the burping. Wait, are you looking down it, are you? <laughs> I'm not, Vicky, but I like, I like that you thought I might. <laughs> Why did you make me spit? That is a waste of beer. I'm going to have some. Thank you for this. Alex, Alex bought beer, I bought cookies. Mm-hmm. I don't think I understood the point. Um, now, you picked these movies, Victoria. Mm. Yes, I did. You gave Chris The Hangover. Yes. You gave me Bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. Tell me what the connection is, or do you want us to guess? Uh, the connection is uh, lads, lads, lads versus here come the girls, even though I hate myself for saying that. So let's go again. The connection is what happens in <laughs> wedding prep stays in wedding prep because wedding prep makes people do and say batshit mad stuff. For instance, 
When have you ever thought £42 a head for an average roast dinner was appropriate? Or going to Latvia with six people you barely know and eating crisps for four days? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this sounds very specific, Vicky. Yeah. Did when that, did this happen? Did that happen? Yeah, that was a hendo I went to. Oh, God. You must no. have known someone on it. I did, my sister. <laughs> <laughs> right. I went to Prague once when I was eight years old. On a stag do. No. Right. <laughs> That's a nice story. And also, I wanted to talk about these two films because um, it uh, brings out like a definite hypocrisy in me, which is I do find it nuts when people are planning weddings, the things they uh, think are important, the things that they go on about. But I love a wedding. So when I get to a wedding, I'm the perfect wedding guest. I cry in all the right places. Um, I'm always on the dance floor. I'm just very effusive. But in the run up to the wedding, I'm not a good person to be around. Why? Because you don't care? I just don't get it. I just don't get the level of fuss and I don't like being sidelined <laughs> for six months by my best friends so that they can plan a party. I just don't see why it's Why so... do they sideline you? Why do they, they not get involve obsessed, you? Because with... oh, oh. I'm like this. Oh, you've never seen Vicky plan a party. I have not. Oh, it's incredible. I once went to a party that Vicky planned and there were a lot of twigs on the ground and everyone had to wear eye masks. It was really upsetting. <laughs> That's a party. So none of us here have been married. No. I've been a maid of honour. Mm-hmm. But I was called... Oh, she's... Um, the original. The original title for bridesmaids. Getting there early. <laughs> um, but she called me her chief brides officer or something. It's just because maid of honour is a bit old-fashioned and a bit... Which I was very grateful for. If I could marry both of you professionally, I would. Well, you're the three best friends that anybody <laughs> can have. The three best friends that anybody can have. And we're the three best friends that anybody could have. We're the three best friends that anyone could have. Good. <laughs> so, Chris. Alexa, what is the plot of The Hangover? The Hangover is a 2009 comedy starring Zach Galifianakis, Bradley Cooper and Justin Bartha. Three buddies wake up from a bachelor party in Las Vegas, with no memory of the previous night and the bachelor missing. They make their way around the city in order to find their friend before his wedding. There you go. Um, if I was Ed Helms, I'd be fucking furious. <laughs> <laughs> if I was Bradley Cooper, I'd be fucking furious. How's he not got top billing? <laughs> so there you go. That's the hangover according to Alexa. Um, one of the biggest grossing comedy films of all time. What's your memories of seeing this for the first time? So uh, this is why I wanted to talk about it, because I remember I laughed my arse off. I've only seen it once before today. Um, and I had a really good time watching it, but it was a different experience. Um, and I think why it might have hit such a nerve, especially in the UK, because we're like booze monsters, isn't so much about how funny it is, but the relatability of the situation as well as like how fantastical it is. So we've all been there, but obviously we've not all been there. And I wondered what you thought of that. You can stop nodding. <laughs> You've only had a sip of beer. I mean, it's part of a sort of grand American tradition, I would say, that kicked off with Animal House. And we got Caddyshack and Re Revenge mm -hmm. of the Nerds. And then this group that they call the Frat Pack, who made Old School and uh, Super Bad, I Love You Man, Bad Neighbours, I guess Entourage was on the telly. Um, it seems like a long time ago now, but it wasn't that long ago in terms of what has dated in this film, what hasn't. Like, does does comedy date faster than drama? I think maybe it does because you're trying to push boundaries and what is deemed acceptable by society changes so fast. And it's weirdly, it's loosely based on a true story. 
<laughs> so the producer, Chris Bender, had a friend who vanished on a weekend in Las Vegas, leaving behind a huge bill from a strip club. And his friends had to piece together what happened uh, the night before. And that's what triggered uh, the plot of this film. What's the most unexpected thing you've ever woken up with and it can't be a person? Um, a gap in my front teeth. Yeah, my broken wrist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was I was going to ask what the, what your worst hangovers were. Mine both involved me having accidents and waking up in hospital. Physical accidents, physical, not, yeah. not urine related. No, no, no. <laughs> knocking knocking my teeth out on my eighteenth birthday, and then obviously more recently, um, caving my head in. Mm, that's my, how Brits do it. <laughs> my worst hangovers are the hangovers where you wake up and you feel amazing. Yeah, I know. Exactly and you're what like, you mean. you're like, oh my god. I feel great today. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to build some shelves. Yep. I always wanted to build some shelves. I need some shelves. I'm going to build some shelves. And you're like, this is going to be the best day ever. And then you get in the shower and halfway through the shower, you're like, oh, fuck. Oh, my God. And you're in a fetal position on the floor. It's not even the pain. It's the drip feed of memory. So I'll wake up and I'll think, Oh, I think I've got away with that. I feel fucking great. <laughs> I put my makeup on. I'm like, my makeup has never looked. Do I even need makeup? Why do I bother? And then all of a sudden, I can feel this little tap, and it's like, excuse me, um, do you remember you said this? Do you remember you did this? And it's just like bit by bit. It's like, oh no, leave me alone. And then I'm done. <laughs> when you leave the house, have you got clown makeup on? No, I've got. I've got. <laughs> and no clothes. Fuck it. I don't need to cover up. I'm hot. Oh. So back to the hangover. We have uh, we're introduced to our four characters pretty swiftly. We've got Phil played by Bradley Cooper, Stu played by Ed Helms, um, Alan played by Zach Galifianakis, and Doug played by Justin Bartha. Which is fascinating because both these films were such calling cards for a lot of stars that we have now. Before these films, mm, launch careers effectively. Yeah, exactly. Launch movie star careers. Zach Galifianakis and Bradley Cooper. Exactly. Were. Yeah. I think Huge I only knew, after this. I only knew Bradley Cooper. Was it Wedding Crashes where he played the yeah, the good looking right. sort of asshole? Yeah, he's the dickhead boyfriend. Yeah. Cy Clotch, I think and, his name is. And he didn't stand out at all in that film to to see what he's sort of achieved since mm. then. I, I barely noticed him in that one. Me do you think um I'm not gonna watch that. Um do you think <laughs> that one of the reasons it worked as well as it did is that it's it the way it's shot, the way it's lit, um, it looks like possibly a thriller it's almost sort of like a, well, it definitely looks like a drama from the initial setup when Bradley Cooper rings um, the bride-to-be to say we've lost him and we're not going to find him yeah we, we fucked up he says and she says we're getting married in five hours and he says yeah that's not going to happen yeah great line and mm. and Todd Phillips said when he read the script that's what made him want to do the movie it's 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 a very good setup for it's a good setup but five hours is a long time so I think if it's like we're getting married in 15 minutes they're in Las Vegas you know I know but <laughs> it's to to a person that lives in, in I know I get it but five hours to me is like that's quite a long time you can achieve a lot in five hours have either of you been to Las Vegas <laughs> yes no you have? Yeah. What did you think of it? Uh, I went in 2000 and I went again uh, last year on my 40th. And so it was quite different on the for two trips. For fun or for work? Uh, both times for fun. Both times for fun. Uh, once with my best mate and brother, another time with my best mate and another friend. Uh, I've had a really good time both times. I won I won fair amount of money both times. It's horrible. <laughs> it's, this is weird coming from Alex. The way it appears on film 
it's so different to the reality as a city. You obviously didn't go and see Matt Goss sing Frank Sinatra songs. <laughs> no! Because that? that's what me and my mates did last year and we had a drink with him afterwards and we had a brilliant time. <laughs> I, I am saw so jealous. We saw, on, the, on, the, on the first night we saw Matt Goss live and we were the youngest people there and probably the only men. <laughs> and then the next night we saw Calvin Harris and we were the oldest people there. Oh, do you? <laughs> and we had a much worse time. Did you go see Calvin Harris? Yeah. I don't, I don't see that for you. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> don't make that face. I didn't know you were into EDM, that's all. I like EDM! <laughs> <laughs> Am I taking crazy pills here? <laughs> that's fair. I hold my hands up. Fair enough. Shut up, Mom. But what is interesting about this film that sets it apart from other Las Vegas films is it takes place during the day. Every Vegas film you've ever seen, pretty much, True. is all Vegas at night. True. This, it's the Reservoir Dogs approach to storytelling. You know, you don't see the robbery in Reservoir Dogs. You don't see the night before. So it's all, it's all the morning after. And as you say, it does use the mechanics of a thriller, which is, I think, what gives the film a, a real drive and a momentum mm. um, in terms of they move, they move from clue to clue or from bad decision to bad decision. I didn't laugh a lot during The Hangover, no, but, but I loved it. No, but when you're saying it's not played for laughs, because without Zach Galifianakis, you haven't really got much humour. And I don't know if it was improvised or not. Um, some of it feels or looks like it was. But without that, some of the scenes aren't buttoned very precisely, very well. We don't we don't like, exit on a joke as much as we should, I think. Whereas Bridesmaids, you can just see how much that script was worked to make sure it was full of jokes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I don't know how to actually explain it, but I love The Hangover so much. And yeah, I watched it again and I didn't laugh, but I loved it. Yeah, I felt like that. When the credits are, I've had such a good time, Mm. but I didn't laugh my head off. I laughed at it the second time. Which bit? Do you know? Yeah, well, a lot of of Alan's lines, um, like when he says that movie with Ted Danson, Magnum P.I. and the Jewish actor. <laughs> I don't think I'd even heard that joke for the first time I watched no, it. No, I did. I missed that. Um, when he picks up a condom and asks if it's a snake skin, <laughs> that made me laugh. The best line is when they're putting pepper on the steak for the tiger and Ed Helms is like, why are you doing that? He just says, because tigers love pepper. <laughs> and they hate cinnamon. <laughs> That's so brilliant. He's asking him when Halley's Comet is. Um, <laughs> he does have lots of funny lines, Alan. Um Played by Zach Galifianakis. Interesting, the list of actors that they are considered before casting him. Uh, Jack Black is the most obvious one, probably, yeah. who would have delivered a similar performance. Jonah Hill. But I thought the two interesting ones that they talked about on the DVD is um, Jake Gyllenhaal was considered to play Alan and, really? and Thomas Hayden Church. Really? Mm. He was going to be much older uh, if Thomas Hayden Church had played him. Thomas Hayden Church is a very, very good comedic actor. Um, the way they describe his character on the on the commentary is is Alan is nice to people who are mean to him and mean to people who are nice to him. Yeah, which is I hadn't clocked that, but it's now I can't unsee it. It's funny, like when that bloke compliments them on their car when they're at the petrol station. There's a start, and he's so horrible to him. Yeah, that keep walking. <laughs> um, and they said that he talks confidently about stuff he doesn't know. <laughs> and yeah, I can I see some of myself in that. You can relate to that. Yeah. yeah. So Bradley Cooper said is that he plays a teacher who in the fir- his first scene is stealing from his pupils, which I think sets the tone uh, for the film and for his character a little bit. Um, he's got a wife and kids who 
he seems to hate. He's got one kid. He's like, oh, I'm on a bender. I've got other weekend. My life is so hard. And then you get to the end, he's got one seven-year-old child. But he is Vince Vaughn's character in Old School. Are we supposed to like him at any point in the film? It's I difficult. mean, he's very cool, isn't he? But like... I think you need to bring more to a character than just looking fit as fuck in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically his character. And repeating endlessly. Oh, you're talking about him, not Alex? Yeah. Um, and just Stop repeating, coming. like, can everyone just chill Please. out? That's his entire character. But he does look incredible. Yeah. It's and almost enough. Isn't almost. He, isn't he beautiful? He's gorgeous. I mean, there was some controversy around this film at the time involving, I'm jumping ahead a bit, Ken Jong playing Mr. Chow. Mm. And the kind of stereotypes are... He says everything he was doing about making jokes about... Chinese people having tiny little nuts and um, being crazy. He said he was being ironic, uh, but he says he still gets criticised for taking this role. And it, and it was a bit of a story at the time. Go, going back to Alan, I did. I watched, first time I watched this was on a plane, going on, going on a holiday with a mate. Do you find and, that when you're on a plane, you laugh more than you normally would because of the air pressure? Because I once was nearly sick laughing at forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> it's funny not, film. It is funny. It's not that funny. And I had to turn around and I thought I was going to vomit onto the window. I it, was happy. I was excited. I was drinking lots of vodka tonics. Oh, I had my helps. mate with me. We were about to get to Bali. It was perfect. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. The second time I watched this, I decided it'd be a good idea to watch it on Christmas with my mum and dad. And my mum was so stony faced when they, at the start, when they say that Alan can't be within 200 feet of a school or a, or a Chuck E. Cheese. And I started feel, thinking, oh, this is going bad. And then he starts um, jacking a baby's wiener. Yep. Oh, I forgot about And that. I could feel my mum just wanting to punch me. But by the end of the movie, she loved Alan as much as I well, did. Well, that's the thing. I love got... Alan. But the, the joke about... Well, it's not even a joke. He says, I can't be within 200 feet of a school. And that doesn't pay off or is resolved in any way. No. Um, they said that it is something that's perfectly innocent. He uh, On the commentary, they said he ju- he's the kind of person who just wants to hang out with kids and play catch. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing... He's sort of got the mind of a child. Bullshit. <laughs> but what, you, think he's a, you think he's a paedophile? No, I don't think he's a paedophile, but I think if you're going to make it... The obvious joke is he's not allowed within 200 feet of a school and then the joke pays off. It's not what you thought it was and you throw it back at the audience. Like, like fuck you for thinking that. It isn't that. It's, insert joke here. I'll work on it, Todd, if you're listening. Of the two films today, one was nominated for an Oscar and one wasn't. So if you do take the time to resolve your jokes, then maybe you get nominated for an Oscar. Regarding I, jacking off uh, Carlos the baby's wiener, yeah. that was that was something. It's not funny. You're laughing. That was something that that Zach did as a joke with the doll, and Todd Phillips liked it so much that they were going to ask the parents of the baby if they could do that, and then they got worried that the mum would say no. Yeah, no shit. So they waited for her to leave, and they asked her dad, and he said, "Fine, but you've only got half an hour because she's coming back." Oh my god! That's and, how and- they ended up in the film, <laughs> and that's true. They talk about it on the commentary. That is truly. A story that sums up this film. That's that is really angry. Amazing. <laughs> but what if you're that baby now and you're all grown He's up? He's an absolute legend. <laughs> is that what you would think? He's getting so much tail. Oh, so really well. I mean, he's, just say he's, only, he's only 11 years old. <laughs> oh, so much uh, tail. Tail, Christ. Uh, in terms of the other characters, you've got Ed Helms playing Stu, who is the, I guess, the straight-laced one who goes the craziest when he's had a few drinks. Uh, did you enjoy? Did you enjoy him and his performance? Um, yes, I did actually. I'm not. I'm being unfair because when I first watched it, I did think he was funny. 
And second time round, it's, you know, I thought he was funny again. It's just... He's the one that has the, the arc. If you don't really see it, you only see it in photo evidence. So he's gone nuts and he's lost his tooth and everyone's like, oh, you're fucking crazy. And it's funny that he doesn't remember it, but it would be good if we just saw a bit of it somehow, I think. We do at the end. Yeah, no, in photographs, it's not quite the same thing. But, but I mean, he has the story arc in, in, in terms of he's the only character that really changes over the course of the film. Yeah, but then he's given the, the most shrew-like, awful partner mm. in order to sort of... To have an obstacle. I wrote down shrew because I thought you were going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> and true, she, though. I mean, she's very funny. Um, the bit at the end where they're just shouting. Who's she shouting at at the end? And she, I can't him. remember. Is it him? Yeah. And then she shouts at Alan. Shouts at Alan as well when Alan comes on to her. Says, I've just got my bartender's license. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good line, to be fair. That pays off. <laughs> uh, because she two-timed uh, uh, Stu with a bartender. She did. Um, and beat him up. Yeah, apparently it is funny when he when they talk about she's um, she's frightened of semen or whatever it is. <laughs> Doesn't he, seem like a woman frightened of semen. But. He, he did a Michael J. Fox when he was shooting this movie. You know how Michael J. Fox shot Family Day ties during the day and Back to the Future at night. Mm. He was uh, Ed Helms was shooting The Office um, during the day and this at night or or vice versa. And you know he obviously that was his tooth that mm. was removed. He had to, he didn't tell the people that made the office that he was removing his tooth and was going to have a fake one. Yeah. And so he said, if you watch that season, The Office, I talk like I'm drunk because I've got an enlarged tooth in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know because when I locked my teeth out, I had a temporary <clears throat> tooth for a month. And Sorry, um, when you got your teeth out, knocked my teeth out. Oh, my two front teeth. I knocked out on my eighteenth birthday. That's so bad. Yeah. How I, did you do it? I had butted the curb. Oh. I ran up I, and I. Oh my oh. god! Like the start of American history. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jesus oh. Christ! And I can't remember much because I was pretty tipsy. But all, all, I vaguely remember the sensation of my face, my <gasps> my mouth, kind of bouncing on the curb. Oh. Um. Yeah. And so they, while they were sort of building these caps, they, they, I had these fake teeth that made me look like Bugs Bunny. So that was a good thing to wake <laughs> up me, on. Get, no, don't drink the something Give me this. Give, <laughs> give me back. Don't. I'm, I'm worried. What another one? <laughs> and then, and then the fourth member of of the Wolf Pack is uh, Doug, played by Justin Bartho, who the has the most boring man absolutely in the world. No personality. <laughs> um, they say on the commentary, Justin is so good in this film. Really? They don't invite him to do the commentary with them though, <laughs> um, and they get rid of him in Hangover Two, don't they? Yeah, again. Yeah, I wonder. That's why. the worst part. The worst part is that he is sidelined in the second film, like. <laughs> The, the the option is there to go. Okay, so he was Doug in the first one, but now yeah. he's part of the Wolf Pack. And then That's they, really funny. He's on the phone for two scenes. <laughs> Let's talk about. Um, is it a bit rape friendly? I'll put it. What do you think, lads? Rape friendly. A bit rape friendly. Yeah. The. Um, I thought those two terms were mutually exclusive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to. She never ceases to surprise me, Vicky. <laughs> just trying to meet you in the middle. Um, Mike Tyson's in it. There is a rape <laughs> joke in it. There's a date rape drug in it. Um, how do we feel about that? Well, rehypnol re- isn't <clears throat> just a date rape drug. Though, no, you is can it? use it for all sorts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've got a problem with the fact that they've taken rehypnol by accident. I definitely have a problem with Mike Tyson being in it. Yeah. Apparently, you know, this was part of his rehabilitation. Yeah. On, on the on the on the commentary, they talk about what a sweetheart he uh, was. And I'm sure that's true. It's just you can cast anyone. Yes, I was thinking. Of, I was really thinking about that. Like it's, and they, and they did say they went through some people in Las Vegas, famous Las Vegas people like Siegfried and Roy and Wayne Newton, who who, who pops up at the end. And then they had the idea about the tigers and Mike Tyson oh, had okay. tigers in Las Vegas, so yeah. it all made sense. But yeah, ultimately, I mean, it was a big surprise at the time. I yeah. think that's. I seem to remember that was the big finale of the trailer was him mm. punching out Alan. 
but it's uncomfortable. Mm. Um, Heather Graham. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about her character, Jade? Vicky, I'm going to ask you. <laughs> I think she's a sweetheart and she's brilliant at that. Um, I think it's a shame that she's so um, childlike and dopey as a character, not as a, an actor, obviously. Um, you know, when Ed Helms talks to her at the end and he's like, I'm going to come and see you. It's like, no, you fucking aren't. Like, quite clearly. I didn't get from that that he's, he's having a turnaround and he's going to sort of make good on this weekend and go and see her. But she's like, okay, that's cool. That's great. Not like, what the fuck? Like, we just got married and now you're off again. Like, like a normal person would. Um, interestingly, she said of the character, she said, I found the character to be complex. Really? <laughs> okay. Well, good for her. <laughs> Um, funny enough, they actually met with Lindsay Lohan on that. Oh, really? Yeah, and the story goes that she turned it down and regretted it, but apparently not. Apparently they met with her, really liked her, but they decided she was too young and that this character should be a bit older. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just don't really buy her character. I find that, I find that all that stuff a little bit unconvincing. Yeah. Um, Alex, have you finished eating your cookie yet? Yep. Okay, good. You're going to rejoin us? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Chow, that's. I feel like he shows up in the film when it needs an injection of laughs, and yeah. is quite funny it when is. he when appears. He springs out of the boot of the car. That, that is funny. Um, his idea to be naked was it? Apparently, <laughs> I think I tell you what. That's a red flag. Like any man that's like, no, 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 oh, no, no, it's fine. I'll take my clothes off. Sorry, it was his wife's idea. Oh, I told a lie. I told a lie. In it was his wife's idea, like... and then he went to Todd Phillips and said, "You know, I could be nude in this." He's like, "That's what we're doing." And Bradley Cooper says in the commentary, "Every time he landed on me, my hand went right up his ass." <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Which they should have kept in the film, if you ask me. <laughs> um, but uh, Mr. Chow is a good character. I mean, he plays a bigger and bigger role as the series goes on, which is a mistake. <laughs> yes, I think he's he is a bit of a one-joke character. Yeah, by the third film. I was out. But Toodaloo, motherfuckers, is a good line. <laughs> See, there's lots of good jokes in this film. I don't know why you guys didn't laugh the second time round. I think it's still funny. I was entertained. I was. And I really, and I watched it with a hangover. So, it, you know, it was it was good. It's just, it, oh, I don't know. It just could have been a bit funnier. Okay. More jokes. Um, one thing I wondered about, which got answered when doing my reading, the chicken in their hallway uh, was apparently to feed the tiger. Makes sense. Yep. Yep, like that. You could just get room service, but fine. Do tigers like room service? Yes. <laughs> well, the, the chicken was actually there to be fed to the tiger. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not as in, in the logic of their night. Not as in... Oh, not in real it, life. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But they, yeah. And it had escaped and just run onto set. <laughs> so I feel like Warner Brothers as well keep making a mistake... Uh, with Todd Phillips, they weren't happy having to pay him. I think it was six point five million to direct this. So he said, um, "Don't pay me that, but give me a sixteen percent stake in the film," which made him approximately seventy million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> no, it gets better because uh, Warner Brothers made the same deal with him on the Joker, and they reckon that's made him a hundred million dollars. <laughs> Stop doing this deal with Todd Phillips. His, his films make money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so he made um, a, a lot more than any of the actors did. Uh, they got paid ten million for the Hangover Two and fifteen million each for the Hangover Three. I mean, he's made more than all of them combined on the first movie. Yes. <laughs> wow. Good business. Do you want to do the bits? Yeah. All right. So, uh, Chris, what is your best scene? Uh, 
without doubt, the photo montage at the end. Yeah. It's really, really funny. And a brilliant way to end a comedy is with the biggest laugh of the whole movie. Yeah. It just sends you out in a good mood and maybe makes you think the film was funnier than it actually was. Yeah, I so, agree with that. that. What about you? I liked the bit where they find out Doug's on the roof because I didn't realise that he was going to be on the roof. My best it is a really small moment, but I, th- I think it's quite goofy and aspirational. It's the sort of thing that you go, oh, I saw this in The Hangover and it's really cool. You know when they're driving down the motorway to get to the wedding and the Tux van pulls up alongside the car and throws the suits <laughs> in? I thought that was so good. Very cool. Yeah. And who is your most valuable character, Chris? Oh, it's got to be Alan. He's the He's the thing that makes this movie funny and it sort of launched a comedy star on us all who I, I still really like Bradley Cooper he makes an unappealing character hugely appealing yeah good looking people can do that um, thanks uh, shut up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well mine is that Galifianakis obviously I don't think you've got much without him um, hmm. and it would be yeah it would be very different without him and if you could change one thing what would you change I'd remove the casual misogyny, homophobia and racism. Oh, thanks, sister. I'd have taken the giraffe joke from The Hangover Part 3 and put it in this one because it's the best joke in The Hangover Part 3. Yeah, I sounds I'd, fantastic. Sorry, I'd also make sure that there were no jokes about giraffes getting killed. Yeah. Because okay. <laughs> that's not funny. Still the best joke in The Hangover Part 3. My change would be... Um, I know that you disagree with this, Alex, but I think a graduation of their relationship. I would like it if they'd been best friends, they drifted apart a bit, and this night out was sort of forced on them by um, the groom, and then they reconnect as they are going through these challenges together. That would be better. It's good. Thank it's you. Good. I like it. It's always good. Well, you always clearly put more thought into that one than we do, <laughs> and I like it. Oh, no, don't say that. <laughs> Selling a little? Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Can we get on to the movie that I was given? Sure, let's go for it. What are we doing for the bachelorette party? What about like a princess theme? Versace meets the gold rush. I'm thinking tanned gentlemen that swallow fire and wear sarongs. Female fight club. We grease up. Surprise! Beat the crap out of her. I don't hate it. So Bridesmaids is a movie that I haven't seen since I first watched it when it came out in the cinema and didn't really enjoy it. I thought it was all right. Didn't quite get the hoopla around it and then i watched it two nights ago it's brilliant (laughs) wow what a great movie it is so loaded with joke after joke after joke as an opening scene the whole sex scene i love that scene (laughs) (laughs) with john ham is incredible john ham has never been funnier than he is in this movie. How apart can from... he be so funny and so handsome? I know! Because the two do not go together. It's not acceptable! <laughs> well, the only part... thing comparable to this is... Do you watch 30 Rock? Have you yes. ever seen 30 Rock? The bit where he thinks he knows French and because he's so handsome, everyone <laughs> believes he's speaking French and Tina Fey goes, that's not, that's not, that's not a language. That's not French. And it was a big surprise because he was best known for playing Don Draper in Mad Men at the time. Mm. So I don't think 30 Rock was even screening regularly over here. So it was the first time English audiences had seen him being this funny. Yeah. And literally, I think in this film, before you even see him, you hear him say, cut my balls. <laughs> it's a cold <laughs> open. Cut my balls. Amazing. I read that they screen tested it with, so you know they're having like quite acrobatic True. sex, which she's not really enjoying, but, but it is funny. But the way they did that initially was to do it, it was more degrading. So like, he was having a great time. She was having a bad time. Um, and they tested it. And all the men were like laughing their asses off. But the women were like, we're not, we don't like that. It, it was more, um, I, I heard them talk about this on the, on the commentary. It was more the audiences didn't like him saying mean things to her. Yeah. Because she's America's sweetheart. Yeah. That He was so cruel to her that they actually pulled back and made him more passive aggressive than outright. I did. Nasty. Wait, yeah. Kristen um, Wiig at this point was America's sweetheart. Yeah, she'd been on Saturday Night Live for about six, this... seven years. Right, right, right. But this was her big film breakthrough. So she has a really funny scene-stealing cameo in Knocked Up. Yeah, she's brilliant in Knocked so Up. So good. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Um, and Judd Apatow <laughs> literally went over to her after that scene and said, have you got anything? Yeah. And she went away and wrote this with her writing partner. I could, spend, I could spend a long time talking about that opening scene. It's There's so much in it where she puts on the makeup, creeps mm. back into bed. When she wakes up, she's like, oh, I had a nightmare and rolls into him. That's fucking brilliant. <laughs> and the visual gag when she rides out on the gate is perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's in the first 10 minutes. It's amazing. When was the first time you saw this one then? I went to the cinema to see it yeah. like when it came out. And Did I... you go with your girlfriends and was Here Come the Girls going on in your head <laughs> no, when you were walking? I fucking hate that. You like, started it on this I know, show. And then I said I hate myself for it because that's used to like Here Come the Girls buy this eyeliner. You need to wax your whatever. Like, no, that's not the messaging. And I don't think it's about, well, you will get onto this, but I don't think it's about, well, it's not the competitive wedding trope. It's about... 
um, you know, the worst time in your life colliding with the best time of your best friend's life and what that brings out in you. And your life is a mess and you're expected to do this thing. Um, and it's about female friendships, obviously. Well, it's about friendship, um, but with two women. So did you, buy, did you buy into all these characters? Yes. You did. A hundred percent, I think. Yeah. Why are you going to say you didn't? No, no, I, I found... Um, so... I know what you're going to say. The girl whose partner and her went to Disneyland and, like, he will only have sex in the dark. Those two are kind of caricatures. I've got a fun fact for you. Yeah. So you're talking about Becca, played by Ellie Kemper, who is now better known for the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Guess who her drama teacher was at school? <sighs> she was only a kid at the time. So yeah, it wasn't, yeah. it, she wasn't turned on. I don't know. Um, it was John Hamm. Was it really? Yeah. How distracting would that be? Is that what is your drama <laughs> I think it's funny you've got an acting teacher called Ham. I think it's funny that the Bill Cosby joke still lands, despite the oh, fact yeah. this was written before Bill Cosby was Bill Cosby. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, it felt like that, that scene you mentioned a minute ago was suggesting that going to Disney World on honeymoon would be a bad thing. And this is what my missus tells me as well. But I don't see it. I think that would be a lovely place to go. Without children? Yeah. Honestly. No, I was so uh, Helen is who I was going to ask about, played by Rose Byrne. Yeah, she's obviously exaggerated, but mm. she's one of my favourite things about this whole film. I think, yeah, I do like her character, but watching it again when I was really sort of analysing what she was up to, it does feel like I just didn't buy into it. It was too broad, it was too over the top, uh, you know, that what she's doing to. Uh, Kristen Wiggs. But he, oh yeah, but she's supposed to be lonely and she doesn't have any female friends and her husband is away a lot and so she's got this warm friendship mm-hmm. and she wants to she wants it to be everything to her. So she and she steals Annie's ideas quite a lot. Um I th- I thought she was very funny. It's about money, isn't it? It's about yeah. replacing yeah, yeah. your lack of closeness and emotional involvement with someone with money. And also you you your friends are a reflection of you. So you're you know, you don't expect your friend who is a mirror of you to suddenly acquire a very glamorous, very wealthy, gorgeous um, person as a friend because you're supposed to be in it together. And this and the, what Helen represents is not your little thing together, as visualized with the picture at the shower when Annie makes her a little collage thing of their time together and Helen's bought her a trip to Paris. That is a lovely thing to do, but you would feel so jealous and so pushed out. I'm not sure it is. I feel like to an extent it's that, but also I think that just brings into focus. Uh, Annie's own issues with the self-loathing that she's feeling, um, the fact that she's her own worst enemy, and until she accepts that, then she won't find love and she won't be happy. And so what's going on with her best friend is just kind of putting a focus on this. Yeah. But I don't think that's what it it's ultimately about. I want to say something, but I've just got a burp because of the beard. And I'm eating a cookie, sorry. Um, the Chris O'Dowd character. I remember when I watched this the first time around, I didn't enjoy those scenes. So he he plays a police officer, we should say, who Annie kind of falls for. He I falls yeah. for her. It's it's a bit of a long-winded romance that they have. Uh I, I I was in LA with and I went out with the people that do publicity for this film in the States, and they were all asking me uh, about six months before the film came out if I knew about Chris O'Dowd. Yeah. Because they'd been having test screenings of the film and he was just testing through the roof. Really? Yeah. Uh the American women were just falling in love with him. And so they were suddenly realizing they had to start putting him a bit more front and centre in okay. the publicity, which was quite a surprise because to me, he was still the dishevelled guy in the IT crowd. I yeah. didn't realise he'd sorted his hair out, lost some weight and... and yeah, and... there's elements of their relationship that I think are brilliant. 
and there's elements that I fucking hate. So I like the fact that he really he really pushes her to take up the bacon again and she basically tells him to fuck off and leaves and he can't accept that because he's not listening to her. She's told him so many times I don't want to do that. Well, it's no means no, yeah. isn't it? Uh, but then I also And also that... she makes one cupcake in the movie and it takes hours and yes. hours and it is a beautiful cupcake. Not a good business model. <laughs> maybe that's why she I went feel for. like that is a way of trying to show that maybe she's a little bit depressed. Yeah, of as course well. it is. Yeah, she cooks that's and her cooking depression. brings her joy. And she can't reconnect with that joy. I the, the way I mean, she eats it is not a joyous thing. Yeah, um, and I get it. It's my one bugbear with this film, and I, I've always, I've seen this film about five or six times, and it always sticks with me. But I'm I'm being mean because I love it so much. Is I understand that to to cook is to connect, and it brings you pleasure as well. You know, it's such a a nice thing to do for other people, but I just wish it wasn't cupcakes. I've worked in offices with so many women that are fucking obsessed. Do you wish it with... was steaks? I was like, why can't she be a grill master? Why can't she be a sushi uh. chef? And like, why does it have to be something that is typically very feminized? Um, I just don't, I mean, it, you could push it even further for me. It can still be food, but why does it have to be a food that's quite cute? I agree. Uh, but to see it from Chris O'Dowd's point of view, um, shouldn't a woman cook the morning after? Isn't, <laughs> isn't that her job? Yeah, he did shag her, so she's got to pay for that somehow. <laughs> Plus he's let her off with the ticket, so she's in for two at least. Uh, I, I was at the world premiere of this one at, at South by Southwest Festival, and I, I went back to look at my review. I, was a, I feel like I was a little bit harsh on it. How could you have been harsh? I was a bit harsher on it than I think I would be now. And the scene I want to talk about, because I did get that wrong in my review, is the best scene in the film. And that is the scene on the plane when they oh were going God, to Oh my God, that's Las so Vegas. good. <laughs> Starting off with just good drunk acting. Okay, Some of the best drunk acting you'll ever see. First up, has anyone ever taken Valium on a plane? No. I know someone who took Valium and drank on a plane and it didn't, it didn't end well. <laughs> she, I, she listens to this, so I won't use her name. She had written all over the return tickets of her friend who she was flying with. Let's call him uh, Bob. She didn't remember doing it and he didn't tell her till they were checking back in to return. And she'd written, she'd written all over them. Bob is a paedophile. And then he had to hand the tickets in to the right the desk and was like, look what you did. And that would have been a good joke in this film. Very funny. So, as you say, Annie takes the pills, drinks some scotch, and then she does a wanker sign, does a Hitler impression. Mm. She talks about civil rights. She claims it's the 90s. That's she, the she... best line yeah. of any film ever when she says, it's civil rights, this is the 90s, <laughs> and storms off. <laughs> she loves that. She says, no. help me, I'm poor. Is <laughs> it? Whatever, stove. <laughs> it's Steve. Yeah, stove. Are you an appliance? <laughs> uh, she claims there's a colonial woman on the wing. Uh it's it's just a brilliant scene. It's 12, it's 12 minutes long, which is quite brave, I think, to yeah. make a, a, a scene that long yeah. in a movie. Well, because they went to Vegas, but they don't go to Vegas, which is brilliant. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I think that's why I was a bit critical of that scene, because it was the first time anyone was seeing that film. And I felt it felt like it sets up a false expectation that I was so excited to see what they get up to in Vegas. Yeah. That this scene is lasting too long and then they don't go. He's a bit of a downer. That first time I was disappointed, but now I know, oh no, that's that's the, the destination. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's what comes from having to review something first time around. I found a weird connection that nope. my family has with this film. <gasps> really? <laughs> um, so after that uh, sequence, uh, Annie's working in a jewellery store and uh a girl goes in there who's quite rude to her. Uh, she does the wanker sign again. She does the wanker sign to the girl and then she tells her, you're a little 
She calls her a little cunt. Yeah, I wasn't going to say that on the podcast. <laughs> are we not? We're allowed, are we? Um, okay. I realised... <laughs> Why are you looking... You said that with a wink and that was so weirdly alluring. <laughs> <laughs> like checking my swears with you and you're like, you can say cunt, babe. <laughs> wink. <laughs> you got this. <laughs> they uh, talked about on the commentary who that girl's dad is and which made me realise that girl's granddad taught my dad art no. and boxing at school. No. Yes. No. Yes. Because her dad her dad is Peter Frampton, a very famous guitarist. Yeah. And his dad is Ozzy Frampton, who taught in Beckenham. Oh. And yeah, taught my dad art, told my dad not to be an artist, said you're not good enough, you okay. should go into business and taught him to box. Taught him to box. Mm. <laughs> also taught also taught David Bowie. Let's talk about Melissa McCarthy. Oscar nominated Melissa McCarthy for this movie. Love her in As this. As Megan. She totally commits to it. There's no shame. There's no inhibition. Um, no fat jokes, I don't think. And she's got her thing, and her thing is national security. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's brilliant. But, like, she's one of the three. Paul Feig, the director, Kristen Wiig, and Melissa McCarthy were the three people. This was a launch pad for all three of them. Mm-hmm. Is it harsh to say Megan is a bit similar to Alan? No, it's not. I mean, they... It, I, Alan's so the best friend song that you played. You you couldn't imagine Megan playing a song like that because she doesn't seem to need anyone. Whereas Alan does need people, and he's really open in mm-hmm. his affections. But there, I can see a similarity between the two of them. This sort of very oddball, mm. weird mate. What you don't know what's going to come out of their mouth next. Yeah, and the, and also from the actors, but like the total commitment to you know to not being worried about where that goes and just seeing it through. Yeah, a spin-off with the pair of them. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, yeah, because the spin-off maybe would have been her with Air Marshal John, who, of course, is her husband. Yeah. And that's so cute because you can see him nearly laughing at her, I think, in because quite a few scenes so in this film. Because she's so good. Like, yeah. you just can't. And they, oh, my they... God, that last scene is the only scene I find <laughs> uncomfortable. The bit, About the, the meats and cheeses. The bit, the, the mid credit sequence where she's going, look at the flap. Look at my flap opening. Look at my flap opening. I'm like, it's too much, man. My favourite line is when she gets him coming out of the plane bathroom and she puts her leg up. She's like, can you feel the steam coming from that undercarriage? What a line! <laughs> because they're all improv. They're all improv comedians who came from the Groundlings, an improv group in LA. Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, Paul Rubens, Lisa Kudrow, John Lovitz, Alyssa McCarthy, Will Ferrell, Will Forte are all alumni of this group. And having been on the set of one of Paul Feig's movies and the way he directs is like Adam McKay, where he'll do a scene as written on the script and he'll watch the actors do it. And then it's like throwing ideas in. Like, do this, do that, do this, try that, try this. And to watch actors with a genuine talent for like, we're going to try this, we're going to try this, we're going to try this. It's phenomenal. Yeah, I, I had a similar experience when I, and it's the same thing here. I, I went on the set of Bad Neighbours, which is Nick Stoller, and you've got Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen all there. And with this film, they had Annie Mumolo was on set the whole time, Kristen Wiig. So you've got the two writers there. And it was the same thing. They would literally film every line 10 different ways and just come up with stuff on set. Mm. And it was, I felt so lucky to be there because Every one of those lines could have been used in the film. It was yeah. funny. The audience only get to see one version, but you just don't... These these guys have such sharp brains and you could make f- 10 different films. Yeah, Adam McKay, I was on the set of Anchorman 2 in Atlanta and to watch the evolution of a scene from mm. what it was on the page to what it was in the movie, it was incredible. Because Adam's there behind the camera just going, 
Will, that yeah. line's that that's great. Try that, Steve. Do this. Yeah. Try this. Try this. So funny. It's, I was gonna. It's so funny. It's exactly the same. Exactly the same way of, of making a film. Mm. The only additional thing on on the, the night I was there was um, in the scene. Zac Efron has his shirt off, and they would have to give him a minute warning before they were started rolling, so he could do. 30 press-ups mm-hmm. so his veins would be popping they when they filmed and it bloody well. worked and it looked <laughs> incredible. That's what I do before I open the door. <laughs> uh, can we talk about the elephant in the room or should I say the turd in the sink? <laughs> so obviously there's a scene. Well, would you like to set up the scene, Vicky? So um, Annie takes the um, bridal party to a bridal shop uh, but she hasn't made an appointment because she is that kind of girl and it's Helen that gets them in. Uh, that's one of my favourite lines where she just leans into the intercom and says, Whitney, it's Helen. And they're just straight in because that sets up everything you need to know about these two women and their place in the world and um, their rivalry. So they're in the bridal shop. They're trying on some expensive dresses. Anyway, it turns out they've all got food poisoning from the Brazilian restaurant that Annie has taken them to, a cheap looking restaurant. Um, And then hilarity ensues when everyone is very, very poorly indeed. I mean, I, I, I hate vomiting in movies. And I don't like shitting. You don't see as much shitting as you see vomiting in films. But to have them, to get two for one in the same scene. But you can see, because if it was Paul Feig and Joe Apatow that wanted that scene in, you can see two versions of it. So the scene between Helen and Annie where she said, "Um, I haven't got food poisoning, I'm actually starving and I would like a Jordan's Almond and she's sweating her head off. That's so funny. That's so brilliant. And then when Mayor Rudolph runs out into the street and slowly sinks down into the street, that would be the version. That works for me. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. It's such a fine line, but having projectile vomit going over the, 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 the side of the toilet while the woman's shitting in the sink. Yeah. It's just too much it's for me. It's gross, but I did laugh my head off and I've laughed my head off every time I've watched it. it and then the audience I was with, they went crazy for it. Yeah. So I, is it, maybe it's a personal thing, but I just... I, I've never liked it. I can't stand that scene in Stand By Me when there's the vomiting sequence no, and mean, it spoils Stand By Me for me. But when the, the way Maya Rudolph sells that in the street it's amazing I think that is funny yes. so it's, it is this fine line well, I think what you see and what you don't see is what's implied yeah. and what you is all over the top of your head like. it's, it's, it's a long film for a comedy yes, do you think is, yeah. there's a problem with the runtime? I kind of made a list of stuff I thought was extraneous and there's quite a lot on there um, did you have a problem with the, the how long the film was? I'm annoyed that the Paul Rudd scene got cut from this film the scene, scene where Annie goes on a blind date okay. with Paul Rudd and it's the perfect date mm. and they're like getting on so well. He's not he's not he's not playing Paul Rudd. He's he's playing a um uh a therapist who a looks therapist. after people who are hoarders. Right. And he's just Mr. Wonderful. And I started watching it. It's on YouTube if anyone wants to watch it. Well, on... I might have a clip from the end of it. If oh, really? you want to set up the end of it. <laughs> so basically, it's the perfect date and then they go ice skating and the classic rom-com date thing. Yep. And then a kid runs over his fingers on the ice and he loses his shit. It's a a kid, we should add, it's a kid with red hair. See that? You think it's funny to run over somebody's finger? Do you? I want an apology, you twat. That's what? It's a lady's dick. You Just like you, you lady's dick. You're a dick-faced twat. Stop it. Apologize to me, you ginger fuck. (laughs) I always find it was they say twat. Yeah. yeah, it's so weird. It's weird. Yeah, it's weird. Um, yeah, it's a very funny scene, but equally you can see why it was taken out as well because it's, it's it lasts for five minutes and and there's a lot. I mean, I I don't know about you. The, the stuff with Matt Lucas and Rebel Wilson. I don't like it. I really don't like it. Um, they, they were made brother and sister in the film because 
they look like brother and sister. They yes. weren't in the script. She's got they got some funny lines. It just it just feels so unnecessary. Mm. Yeah, and the tennis scene I felt like was oh, completely you, unnecessary. Yeah, but then you get the line with when you meet Helen's stepkids, and then you get her problem when they're like, "Fuck off, Helen." But, but you could st- there's so many other scenes you could stick that moment in, That's and true. the tennis scene is not funny. No, it's not. If you want a funny se- tennis scene, are you scene, kidding? When she gets hit in the tit with a tennis ball. Uh, but both of them do, yeah. over and over again. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's hilarious. And uh, I did very much enjoy the Wilson Phillips cameo at oh, the end. Amazing. Fan of that song? I fucking love yeah, that song. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. I was reading up this. Apparently blokes don't like that song. Nonsense. I bloody love it. Nonsense. Absolute nonsense. Um, shall we do the bits? Yep. Yeah, let's do them. Right. Best scene, Alex. The bit on the plane where... Everything happens. Yes, my way of apologising for not loving that scene <laughs> in my review is saying review. it's my favourite scene in the movie. My favourite scene is when um, Annie tells John Hamm's character that she's going to go to the wedding with a man called George Glass <laughs> and they're in bed and he's jealous and he rotates her boob like a pepper mill and says, <laughs> can George Glass do this? And she's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure he could. His best scene is where she goes, pull over, and he goes, uh, no, it's really gravelly here. <laughs> <laughs> you know George Glass is a is an American joke. Uh, Marsha yeah. Brady makes up a boyfriend in the Brady Bunch and calls him George Glass. I didn't know so that. it's actually a made up boyfriend. Oh, that's so good. I didn't know that. <laughs> um, your most valuable character, please, Alex. Melissa McCarthy. Uh, she's absolutely phenomenal. I'm ha- I'm sorry to do this, but I'm going with Ted, played by John Hamm. What the fuck? <laughs> I know, I know, it's an awful thing to do, but I'm just being honest. It was such a surprise that first time because I was such a Mad Men yeah. fan, and I had no idea he had funny in him, let yeah. alone he was that good. So I'm really sorry. That's horribly sexist of me. Uh, mine changes every time I watch it, but today it's Helen. I just think she's good. She just when she's crying her eyes out at the end, she's like, "But I'm still pretty." And she's like, "No, you're not." She's like, "Of course I am." <laughs> I think that's brilliant. Um, if you could change one thing, Alex, what would you change? Um, I would change the fact that there isn't a sequel. Are you not happy, though, they've not done it simply because they've not had a good idea? For me, it's no bodily fluids. Your film doesn't need bodily fluids. (laughs) That's a good rule to live by. Um, I don't like the ugly carrot bits. I hate that. I hate that cutesy... Um, when Chris O'Dowd and um, Kristen Wiig are sat on the bonnet of the car and they're sort of growing closer and they have that sort of very rom-com moment where he's got a quirky thing and it's a, whatever and it's about this ugly carrot. Now, that's such a tiny, mean thing to say, little point, but that's how much I love this film. That's basically my only gripe with it. Now then, um, just because we're all really enjoying this part of the show, who wants a quiz? Yes, Yay! do it. So, are you ready? Um, what is the cost of an average UK-based stag or hen do per guest? How much do you spend on 20, average? Twenty-five pounds a head. No, I would no. say. I would say. Uh, £100 per head. The average spend per guest on a UK-based stag or Hindu is £391. Okay, I was the closest, so that's one for me. <laughs> um, what's an acceptable length for a speech at a wedding? 15 minutes. Ah, I've had to think about that because mm-hmm. I did it once. Um, I, I went I went longer than what they suggested because I know how funny I am. You're an idiot. <laughs> uh, I think... Um, 23 minutes. You're, you are insane. The correct answer, this is according to... Um, uh, a Twitter user called Vicky Crompton. It's uh, three minutes with an interval. Um, question three. How much does it cost to rent the Wait, hangover so- suite at Caesar's Palace? Uh, in the in the movie? <laughs> no, for real. You can rent it now. Yeah, the the, seat, the suite that's in the film, you can rent it. Uh, uh, five thousand. No, three. No, three and a half thousand a night. I am going to go with um, 15,000. 
Um, it's $2,200 a night, which isn't cheap, but isn't what you said. That's one to Alex. And last question. How much wine is considered reasonable per table at a UK-based wedding reception? How I'll many just tell you. Wait, how many people are on the table? I'll yeah. just tell you. The answer is much, much more than you think. Oh, and that's another one that's, from uh, Vicky Crumpton. No, that was so, a draw. Yeah. That was a draw. I'm pissed off about that. So did I win? I said it's a draw twice. Uh-huh. But did I win though? <laughs> no, because you dot points because you've been munching you've on the You've eaten all the biscuits. No, he hasn't. So, time for the verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! Uh, who I think, um, Chris, you can go first. Okay. I'll start with the hangover. I love the dynamics between the characters. I love the chemistry between the actors. And I love the twists and turns and surprises that give the film all that momentum. And I would like to be part of the wolf pack. But that misogyny and homophobia and racism is still there. It hasn't gone away. Where would, where would it go? <laughs> <laughs> uh, with Bridesmaids, it's nice to see authentic woman friendships and hear authentic conversations between women and... I think she's a really strong central character, even though oh, towards the end she was getting on my nerves. I think you say, even though I wouldn't shag her, but <laughs> I definitely would. I just I didn't I didn't care if she found love towards the end. She was getting on my nerves. Um, it was more drama than I was expecting from that one, but I do think it goes on too long and feels a bit self-indulgent. Bridesmaids. I mean, comedy should be a tight ninety-five minutes, like the best kind of sex. You should just get in and get out. <laughs> And so much as it pains me to say it, I'm actually going with the hangover. Oh, God. And I'm, I've, I'm, I'm gutted and I'm disappointed in myself. Okay. But it, I do think it is the better film. Wow. Okay. Alex? Bridesmaids, it's funnier. <laughs> it isn't, but go on. Thank God. Bridesmaids, obviously, by a country mile. Good. I'm glad. It's like in my top 10 films of all time. Every single time I watch it, I'm in love with it all over again. I love that film. Well, I'm glad it won. Yeah, me too. So this week, Bridesmaids is the winner. I'm ready to party! Oh, yeah. Okay, whose choices are it for next week? Uh, I am dishing them out, Alex. Yeah. I am giving you The Muppet Christmas Carol. Oh, boom. And Vicky, I am giving you Scrooged. <laughs> yeah! Uh, both those films are on the Sky Christmas Channel right now. Uh, Scrooged is on... Amazon Prime and Muppets is available to rent on Amazon. So there's lots of places you can find these, although you've all seen them. Yeah, I've seen Scrooge a lot of times. Lovely stuff. So next week it's Scrooge and the Muppet Christmas Carol. What can be the link? <laughs> I'll have to think about it and try and write something half for me. If you want to get in touch with us, it's at ClashPod on Twitter or show at ClashPod.com. On email, thank you very much for listening. And don't forget, if you want to subscribe and rate us, it would be lovely. Thanks very much. See you in a week. This was a Stakhanov production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.